0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of the Kaderna Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna. So if you caught our latest episode, we had a very nice interview with Dr. Donald Vandegrift, an economist from the College of New Jersey. We touched on a wide range of subjects, but you might recall we spent quite a bit of time on the debt situation here in America, and also the topic of inflation and some of the other side effects of having such tremendous amounts of debt on our balance sheet. So this week, we'll kind of elaborate on that conversation almost unintentionally as we dive into the American Rescue Plan, which is the third round of stimulus that was just passed. It's the first round of stimulus under the Biden administration. And we'll go into what exactly is in that bill, how much it's going to cost, and what are going to be some of the effects to our domestic economy as we continue to add to our debt burden. So without further ado, we'll dive right into that topic. But I would like to preface that and just remind everybody, please leave a review wherever you're listening to our podcast. Uh, That helps tremendously to get our word and our message out there. Certainly tell a friend. And if you have some suggestions, questions, or would like to be a sponsor for a future episode, just shoot us an email at thecodernapodcast at gmail.com. Here we go.
1: Is going to require work and time
0: and sweat and toil. If money wasn't an issue, what would I be doing? Don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. Change is the only constant. The Canada Podcast. And we're back. So as I mentioned in the intro, we're looking at the third massive round of stimulus that has been passed in less than one year since the coronavirus pandemic uh, began. So President Joe Biden signed into law the American Rescue Plan on March 11th of this year. And I'd just like to kind of set the stage before we dive into some of these numbers just to give context as to what a trillion dollars is because that's the figure that we're constantly hearing thrown around very casually and I think a lot of us are just kind of becoming numb to it. So how hard is, is it actually to spend $1 trillion? Well, if you were to spend $1 every second, Every second you spend a buck, you would have spent $1 million in 12 days. At the same rate, it would take you 32 years to spend a billion dollars. But a trillion dollars, you ask, it would take over 31,000 years to spend a trillion dollars at a rate of $1 every second. So hopefully that just kind of gives you an idea of how massive these figures are and the packages that we're now talking about. So this latest round of stimulus costs $1.9 trillion, which is nearly 50% of the normal US annual budget. Okay, Just by signing that one sheet of paper, we've spent about half of what we would normally spend in an entire year as a country, according to the Congressional Budget Office. And then if we add that to the two bills that were passed last year under the Trump administration, which totaled $2 trillion back in March of 2020 with the CARES Act, and then another $915 billion in December of 2020. That equals over $4.8 trillion of unexpected expenses with just in the past 12 months time. So these bills alone, again, just to enter some context, they nearly equal the total amount of debt that America had accumulated at the turn of the millennium, which was about $5.65 trillion, okay? So needless to say, we are spending record amounts of money in record time over the past year as a country. But enough of that, let's talk a little bit of what's actually inside of this bill, okay? Probably the most important or popular feature that you've heard about so far are stimulus checks, which are becoming kind of a a norm in a way. I'm sure a lot of people are getting a little bit used to them or accustomed to them. This will be the third round of stimulus checks, and the amount will be $1,400 per person, at least to those who are filing single with an adjusted gross income under $75,000, or those filing jointly that make under $150,000. Now, so far as the airing of this episode, which is March 19th, roughly half of the total allotment uh, $242 billion approximately, has already been dispersed in over 90 million payments. All right, this first batch that immediately went out went to those who filed their tax returns with direct deposit information on file. All right, so we got stimulus checks. That's obviously a huge line item right there. Another key item that will affect a lot of Americans, roughly 20 million Americans right now who are on unemployment, is inside of the bill, there will be enhanced unemployment benefits of an additional $300 per week, which will last until September 6th of this year. And another footnote to that, the first $10,200 of unemployment benefits may now be tax-free. All right, so that is a, a lot of money that's being dished out to the uh, American worker, or the individual, we should say. But there's also a lot of other noteworthy benefits that fit within that $1.9 trillion. So just to rattle off a couple of them, there's going to be $130 billion earmarked for K through 12 schools, as they hope to reopen in-person learning. There will be $350 billion to state, local, and tribal governments. All right, That's something new, which we'll talk about because that was not in the previous two bills. There will be 20 billion dollars towards vaccine development, new subsidies towards those who are using Obamacare, an increase in the child tax credit, 50 billion dollars of direct aid to small businesses. And now just to note, it's a bill of one point nine trillion. So 50 billion for small businesses. That's about 2 percent of the total bill Uh, in comparison to the CARES Act that was passed last March. Uh, that had reserved about $400 billion for uh, small businesses. Also, there will be an increase in SNAP or Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program benefits by about 15%. Right? That was formerly referred to as uh, the food stamps. And then another uh, kind of item that was put in there without really a dollar amount attached to it is the mention that any student loans forgiven from 2021 to 2025 will not be considered a taxable event okay now most uh student loan debt that gets forgiven at this point in time would be considered income that amount that gets forgiven all right there are some exceptions to that but by and large a lot of those forgiveness programs create a taxable event all right the new bill says that from now to 2025 If you do qualify for a forgiveness option, there's no tax consequence to be worried about. Now, does that spell anything for the future? If you recall, President Biden promised in his campaign that he would be forgiving $10,000 of every person's student loan debt. So just think, if you're in a 20% uh, tax bracket and you had $10,000 forgiven in a couple years or so, if he's able to pass that, then that would be $2,000 of taxes you would not be incurring. All right, so that's kind of a good uh, summary, I believe, of the current stimulus bill. So what does that mean politically? Well, we won't get too much into politics, but on the Democratic side, the Democrats are touting this as the greatest bill ever passed for the working American. However, we need to see kind of how partisan our country has become, and you can tell by this bill, as it did not receive one single Republican vote in the House or the Senate. And why? You know, is it just because Republicans and Democrats hate each other? Maybe. But Republicans argued that the bill is way too big for an economy that's already recovering. It says that the, the bill is giving the federal government too much permanent reach, in particular to all of that money that's going to be allocated to state and local government there come some strings attached to that, with the federal government telling the states how they can or cannot use those funds, okay, or that they will not be able to have those funds if they don't abide by these covenants. And furthermore, it says that it just doesn't do enough for small businesses. As I mentioned, the first stimulus bill, which was the CARES Act, right when coronavirus came about, had reserved $400 billion for small businesses which totaled almost 20% of the entire bill. The current stimulus under Biden's administration only has 40 billion for small businesses, uh, which is, or excuse me, 50 billion for small businesses, which totals about 2% of the bill, okay? So that's just some political commentary uh, on the subject. And there's actual lawsuits going on right now from state attorney generals against the federal government on how they're kind of uh, pressuring these states uh, to use that, that state funding in a particular manner, arguing that the federal government doesn't have that power um, to kind of hold these funds hostage in regard to the restrictive covenants uh, that states can use the money for. So we'll see how that plays out as well. But if we look at it from an economic standpoint, which is what I always like to do, I would say that the closest comparison we have right now in American history to our overall debt situation would be immediately after World War II, okay? As soon as World War II ended, the debt to GDP ratio, so the the total debt that America had on its balance sheet versus our gross domestic product, okay, a measurement of our production was 112%, okay? We had more debt than we did GDP, immediately after World War II. Now, the bulk of that became because of uh, defense spending, of course, as we are in a world war, all right? Now, if we compare that to today, today's debt to GDP ratio is 130%, which is the highest it's ever been in our country's history. Now, immediately after World War II, America was able to pretty quickly regain its financial footing And by the late 1950s, uh, was in good standing with balancing the budget. And the way they were able to do that is as soon as the war ended, defense spending had dropped dramatically. And they were able to couple that with very strong real GDP growth. Okay, so the economy was strengthening, defense spending almost evaporated compared to what it was during the war. And then in addition to that, there was another nice little factor that really helped our economy, which of course was the baby boom. All right, so as all these GIs returned from the war and they started to get married and have families, this contributed to a very positive demographic shift that helped the production of our country. Now, if we fast forward to today and kind of compare some of these factors, uh, they're certainly different. Defense spending right now is only the third largest budget item for our country. Uh, It's quite a bit behind both Medicare, Medicaid and Social Security, which are the two largest line items. And as for that baby boom, according to the Brookings Institution, they have said that America is actually headed for a, quote, large and lasting baby bust. So while the population growth may not be there, as right now actually millennials are having fewer and fewer babies, certainly compared to what was going on in the 50s, there is another uh, potential population factor that could take another form, and that is through immigration. So the number of immigrants living in the U.S. has more than quadrupled since 1965, So perhaps we're not having enough babies to create the production and the population we need to support the country. However, we have a tremendous amount of immigration going on, which is a whole nother contentious issue we're not going to get into today. Uh, But as I said, according to Pew Research, the immigrants living in America right now is four times greater than the number that was in 1965. So we have a lot of different factors here at play, but the fact of the matter is we have an extreme amount of debt, right now about $29 trillion, according to the Treasury. And our debt to GDP is the highest it's ever been in history. Now, a lot of that is directly due to these three stimulus bills that have just occurred over one year's time. And now I think the great question here is we have a all-time high stock market. Uh, We have small businesses being able to stay solvent right now, for sure. We have household finances being propped up all to this additional stimulus. And so will those three metrics, small business, stock market, household finances, will they become somewhat accustomed to or possibly dependent on these government stimulus packages, especially these stimulus checks, these enhanced unemployments, and a whole variety of loans, even forgivable loans for businesses out there? So time will certainly tell uh, as we watch this all unfold with our third massive round of stimulus if it's worth the price tag. So thank you again, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Kaderna Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna. Like I said, please keep leaving a review for the show. I'll do my best to answer any questions that you have. If you'd like to possibly be a sponsor or have a mention here, just email us at thekadernapodcast at gmail.com. We'll see you next week.
1: This podcast is for informational purposes only. This material contains the current opinions of the presenter, but not necessarily those of Guardian or its subsidiaries, and such opinions are subject to change without notice. Brian Coderna is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PASS, OSJ 300 Broadacres Drive, Suite 175, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003. 973-244-4420. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through PASS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PASS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Coderna Financial Team is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PASS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number OK04194. Approval number 2021-122960, expiration date 6-2023.